kick down walls. And anyone who tells you you can't, you take your fears, your insecurities, your worries, you roll them all up into a ball, you turn those some bitches sideways and stick them straight up. Then candy Pick your goal and stick fucking to it. You wishy-washy motherfuckers. I can't fucking stand you. I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Because hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time with the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. Ryan Buckeye, I want to thank you guys and girls for tuning into this week's episode featuring Dr. Jeff. That's right, Dr. Jeff from All American EFX, the creator of Crealkalin, the creator of Carbolin. He joins us as He's referred to as an OG in the supplement industry, and I got that from Alex Ardenti, the film producer and director of Subs the Movie, who's been on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago. But wanted to talk with Dr. Jeff because Jeff has been around the block, and he's seen a lot of things happen within this industry. And we talk about a lot of that on the podcast here today. We also talk about how he came up with the innovations of Crealkalin, came up with the innovations of Carbolin, the two most popular EFX products, uh, basically created a category. Crealcaline is what he says is the number one selling creatine supplement in the world, or at least in America. And Carbolin is one of the most popular carb supplements that is now uh, transitioning from a powder to an RTD, a ready-to-drink beverage, an RTD carb source, an RTD energy source. So they're getting into the RTD energy game as well. Dr. Jeff, a nice little ad to have here in the podcast to bring in. Bring in that, uh, I guess, that legacy feeling of the sports nutrition industry because, like I said, he's been around forever. So, Jeff, what's interesting about him is not only does he manufacture supplements for EFX, he manufactures supplements for other companies as well. They come to him, and he's got manufacturing facilities to do it, and he also has a lab in which he comes up with these ingredients. So there are several ingredients that he has. I believe one is aminosorb, uh, several different ingredients, which is a more of a soluble version of amino acid that – other brands, popular brands like Red Cotton One, could go to him and 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 basically get that ingredient if they wanted to. Now, um, you know, I'm not exactly sure how many different products his ingredients are in on the market outside of the ones that he owns or at least has a, a an investment in or an interest in. But it is something unique in his standpoint that he kind of sees both sides of the thing. He's in the R and D side, creating these actually ingredients. He actually talks about going to shows like Supply West to look at some of the new ingredients coming out. And it sounds like they're working on a few new ingredients and a few new products with EFX as well. So I figured a lot of people probably recognize this brand. They recognize the branding of the brand from the bodybuilding.com days when bodybuilding.com was super hot. And they're still at BB. They're on Amazon. They're all over. And they're still sold quite a bit. Now, I will say that I think a lot of people like the Crealkalin. I think a lot of people love the Carbolin because Carbolin is a, an affordable carb choice source. Um, now, there are other carb sources out there, and, and you will let Dr. Jeff talk about that on the podcast. I'll let him discuss his own products and brands. This week's Pumped Up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award-winning Vaso Blitz Pump Igniter. Not only is Vaso Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Award for the best pump product, it is also the first nitrate formula fully dosed with 30 servings, not scoops. When Vaso Blitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. All this for only $34.99 as a special offer. 
offer for our listening audience here, please use coupon code INFORMANT and save 15%. Also right now, Full Blitz, which is their 24-serve stem-based pre-workout, which has the same profile and labeling system as Vasoblitz, is, I believe, $37.99 right now for the 24 servings. And if you use that promo code INFORMANT, you're going to save the 15% off. And you're also going to get a seven-serving of Vasoblitz to ensure that you get the full 31 days of pump. I'm pumped up this week about uh, some of the new stuff that's came into the FI, FI's warehouse and studio. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. We have the official Fitness Informant Cyclone Cups are officially available on our official website, fitnessinformant.com. There's a store tab. These things are awesome, guys. Uh, I'm I, Yes, this is like a, 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 um, a cheap plug, right, for my own stuff. But I'm pumped about these because I've always thought when I got into the fitness industry – it's like, it'd be really cool to have a cup with my logo on it. Now I got two different versions of a cup with my logo on it. I have the blackout model, which is what I'm showing here on camera. And then I have a, a beautiful, basically white model here with, uh, it's got the white trim. So the Cyclone cups are sweet. There is a protein storage compartment on the bottom. These are 22-ounce cups. What I love about the Cyclone cups is every time you twist the cap on, the cap turns back on exactly the same. So that way the front area of it is with the logo. Um, so you never have issues with that. I also like that it doesn't get stenchy and stanky like a lot of those shaker cups do out there. Uh, and they're very durable. You can drop the shit out of these things without breaking them. So I do like that. Those are available over at Fitness Informant's website. So that's what I'm pumped up about this week. And uh, check out the T-shirts that we have over there, too, and the other swag. There'll be more swag coming to the website here as we move into spring and summer. Our Genius Moment of the Week is being brought to you by the Genius Brand. The Genius Brand offers high-quality supplements with scientifically proven, clinically dosed, all-natural ingredients. With a blatant disregard for profit margins, the Genius brand focuses on creating innovative, industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy, and long-lasting life. Supplement smart today. Check out our full reviews and all the news of the Genius brand over at fitnessinformant.com. This week's Genius Moment of the Week stems from an email I received from somebody who was PO'd at me and pissed off about the macro calculator, a free tool that we offer at fitnessinformant.com. We offer a free tool for people to calculate their custom macros based on what their goal is, whether they want to cut, maintain, or bulk. And what we do and what this does is I've actually, I built this tool myself. And it uses the revised Harris-Benedict model to predict basically what you need for calorie consumption on a daily basis to meet your needs for your total daily energy expenditure to also let you know if you need to bulk, cut, or maintain. And out of that, your total calories, then what we do is we break it down to your macros, your protein, your fat, and your carbs. <clears throat> this lady was upset because her carbs came back, I believe, at 262 grams. Here's the, the truth, people. Carbs are not bad. People and companies who lead you to believe that carbs are the devil should be bitch slapped in the face for being fucking stupid. That's as simple as that. Anybody who tells you that carbs are bad needs to be kicked square in the nuts. If they don't have nuts, kick them square in the tits. I don't care. But this needs to be done. Because, yes, there are, there are carbs that are better for you than other carbs, right? They're simple and there's complex carb. Carbohydrates... They're not overly complicated, people. There are simple and there are complex carbohydrates. Now, carbohydrates can basically spike insulin levels depending on where it lands on the GI index. So if I'm going to have, say, a handful of Skittles, that is going to spike blood sugar because that is very high in the GI index. It's a simple carbohydrate which gets into your body super quick. So when I eat Skittles, I'll eat them pre-workout or directly post-workout when you need to restore those glycogen levels. Why will I eat them pre-workout? Because getting that carbs in your body pre-workout will help with the pump. But if I have sweet potato or jasmine rice or broccoli, I mean, those are more complex carbohydrates. Now, a white potato is very starchy, can, can lean more on the side of a simple carbohydrate. Anyway, 
the, the, the moral of the story is carbs are not bad. They're not bad at all. Those of you who follow us on social media, like this could have been my pumped up segment of the week is that I, got, I finally got to 225 pounds. <clears throat> it's been my goal to get to 225 pounds at five foot seven and a half, five foot eight. That's a fuck ton of weight, people. That is a, a lot of weight for me to carry around. I have to get there by eating food, real food. My God, 262 carbs, or grams of carbs. I have that fucking shit for breakfast. Now, on a serious note, like I'm having carbs in the range of 600 to 700 grams a week or a day sometimes during my bulking phase. 262 grams is just over 1,000 calories. That's not a lot. Mind you, say, and I believe her, her protein was, was a buck something, which is less than 1,000. So we have this, this misconception of, of carbs based on a daily value intake of 2,000 calories, which it, by itself is another one I could go off on. This whole 2,000 calorie thing on, that CPG companies put on packaging is fucking dumb. The average American is not consuming 2,000 calories. Right? Most of us need much more than that. I think I need like 3,400 calories a day just to stay, stay sane. Right, like, or thirty six hundred calories a day. If you think carbohydrates are bad, and maybe you're on that keto train, and you're just like pounding the ground, and you're you're one of those Atkins guys or or Whole Thirty or whatever these pe- the people that dislike carbs. There's so many fucking fad diets. I don't even know where to start. Look in the mirror and ask yourself this: Carbohydrates, when they're con- listen to this, actually, carbohydrates when consumed are broken down into their simpler state of glucose which is absorbed into the bloodstream and goes and replenishes glycogen stores in your muscles and fat cells. Now, if you eat too many carbs and you're inactive, right? You eat a lot of carbs at once and you restore your glycogen levels and you can't burn off the excess glucose as energy, then it can be stored as fat. But the same can be said with absolutely anything you consume in the macronutrients, right? You can eat too much protein. You can have too many fats, I don't know why we're singling out carbs and why people do it. It it drives me fucking insane. Carbs are great. Now, there are some people who have an issue with carbs and they say it makes me bloat. Well, there's probably a reason to that. You're probably having the wrong type of carb, first off. You probably have gone carb deficient for too fucking long and you try to reintroduce it back into your diet at at huge amounts. It's like when people try to cut, they cut carbs away and they cut carbs by a ton. Therefore, they're fucking up their metabolism. There's just smarter ways to approach. When you cut, when you're on a cutting plan, your job is not to cut two, 250, 300 calories in that first week. You do it gradually, people. You teach your metabolism to come with you. You should not be pulling your metabolism. Your metabolism should be walking alongside of you. And the first macronutrient that people tend to cut out is your carbohydrates because they get the bad rap. You don't believe me? Go listen to Mark Loblar, my boy, my buddy. A lot of people will tell you, have a bowl of fucking spaghetti and enjoy it. It's not going to kill you. You can have a bowl of sugary, sugar, sugar-laden cereal before you go to bed. I have, I'll tell you right now, if you have, have followed us on social media and followed me, you know what I look like. I have my shirt off all the time. I have granola before I go to sleep at night. Before I go to bed, I have a, a big-ass thing of granola. You know how many carbs are in that? It's like 70 grams of carbs. I eat that, I clean my dish, and I go to bed. I work out at 5 o'clock in the morning, but Jesus, they always say, don't have carbs before you go to bed. Listen, if you're hungry and you need the macronutrients and you need the calories, just fucking eat. And don't give carbs a bad rap. So the genius moment of the week, sure, I kind of spurred off there. I went a little bit longer than probably what I wanted to. But just know that you need to have a positive relationship with food, with any goal you have in fitness. 
your relationship with food is going to be the most important relationship you can have. Because if you have a positive relationship with food and you can understand the way food can help you achieve your goals, you have a much better chance of actually achieving that goal. In my case, trying to get to 225 pounds, if I didn't have a good relationship with food, if I thought carbs were bad and all I did was eat lean protein, I would have felt like shit and I never would have gotten there. That's a fact. So just smarten up. Don't listen to all the marketing bullshit. Like, if you have questions, reach out to me. I have people I can get you in touch with. Like, this is what we create this platform for, right? We create this platform for this. And this platform is going to bring you Dr. Jeff from EFX. He has written several books. He's big in the bodybuilding world as well. Uh, he has done a lot within the sports nutrition industry. You know, his, his, Dr. Jeff is, uh, Galoni is his last name, Galani, if you want to pronounce it, G-O-L-I-N-I. He's been around the block. You can Google him. He see a ton of videos out there. So uh, some people may not agree with everything that Jeff says, and, and some of you may, may agree with him. But that's the thing. Like, in this space, not everybody is agreed with 100% of the time. Even, even last week's show with Lobliner and Glazer. I mean, I guarantee there are people out there listening and watching these shows that don't agree all the time. And that's fine. But I want you to sit back and understand that where Jeff is coming from is from 30 years of experience or 40 years of experience, whatever it is we talk about here on the show, and how his experiences have shaped his mindset on the sports nutrition industry as it sits today in 2019 and where we go for here. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Dr. Jeff. The BAR Breakfast at the Ready is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates, with five of them coming from sugar, and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle, or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day, the BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder. You will see better pumps. You will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. 
It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been would be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Most of my life chasing what's termed as unattainable. An obstacle in my path, I torment it. Any limitation trying to control my environment, I tame it. Any excuses I transform into commitments. The haters, they're too small for me to even see. For 28 months before Cage Muscle even released, I broke myself against the will to identify, track, test, and trial the ultimate resources available in human existence to bring you something the world has never seen. Change is upon us. Don't justify your complacency. Evolve with me. Part animal, part machine. I'm Chris Gethin, and I am Cage Muscle. y'all welcome back inside the be informed live fit podcast if you're watching on youtube the guy that was in the split screen next to me with the hairnet on literally just walked <laughs> out of the lab out in his office in montana you know what jeff i i feel like you're the one person on the planet that doesn't need a last name everybody knows that you are dr jeff insert whatever <laughs> last name you want i i appreciate you coming on the show man how you doing Man, I'm doing good man great right. day here today tell me what you've been doing in the lab like you working on some new stuff back there Oh, man, I'm working on all kind of secret stuff. But, yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, my lab back here is, a, is an R&D lab. So, you know, we're doing everything from routine uh, flavoring of protein powders to working on new patents. Uh, I've got a couple government projects we're working on right now. Yeah, you're extremely busy. So you, you have your hands on a ton of different things. You have your own supplement line in EFX. You have All-American Pharmaceutical, in which you guys are creating and patent and branding products, which is cool. You are still highly involved in, like, the bodybuilding community. I know I see you post on social media about <laughs> bodybuilding competitions. Like, what is your ultimate favorite thing to do in your professional career at this point? You know, I got a couple things. I mean, I just got involved with the IFBB physique. So mm -hmm. I took on the uh, Northwestern, Upper Northwest chairman with Brad Hollenball. So that's kind of fun because, you know, we're, we're kind of bringing back more of the classic bodybuilding um, but I, I like inventing stuff. I like working on stuff. I like creating things. Um, I have a nonprofit um, uh, company called St. Anthony's Research and Education Institute. So we're doing cancer research, diabetes. Uh, we're working on accreditation. So I'll be offering a, a class. Um, but if it's talking, I love doing it. And if it's inventing, I love doing it. <laughs> I, I'm interested because this industry is is extremely interesting. You could, we could put it that way. Um, you've been involved in it for a long time. You have a lot of credentials. You could have done practically anything you wanted to. Why did you get involved in this crazy business called sports nutrition and dietary supplements? You know, uh, back in 1985 is when I actually founded the company. Um, I didn't plan on doing this. I always wanted to be a professional football, NFL football player. I went to college, played college football, um, got hurt my senior year in the spring. So I didn't get drafted. I went to a smaller school, didn't get to a tryout. 
one of the guys at the gym said, hey, you should enter a bodybuilding contest. I did, got hooked, went to Venice Beach, California, got into bodybuilding. So nutrition kind of became a a hobby uh, in order for me to better my physique. And um, the way I kind of got into it was I was tired of all the nasty proteins that were Mm. back in the 80s. They were terrible, milk and egg. So I had an idea if I could find somebody to press protein into tablets, then it would be easier for me to take. And I did it. I made, I was the first one to make the amino acid tablets, which were nothing more than calcium caseinate. They were uh, 1100 milligrams. And I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go sell them. I came up with all American nutritional supplements and I'll pay for my own use. That was my original idea was nothing more than, uh, finding a way to get free supplements. Yeah. Um, one thing kind of led to the next. Pretty soon stores were calling me, and I came out with another product. And after about uh, maybe two years, I thought, you know, I think I might be able to do this uh, full time. I was still bodybuilding. Um, I had turned pro, and I was I, I had just enough fame to be able to get out there and negotiate, give me a booth while right. you pay me to guest pose. And that's kind of how I got the brand started. And then I just really liked it. I mean, I, I liked. Um, you know, helping people, uh, providing alternatives to drugs, you know, seeing athletes uh, be able to improve their performance. And I guess I kind of got hooked on it. And here we are, you know, 37, whatever years later, uh, still doing it and still loving it, man. It's interesting because I I was telling you before we came on the air that I was speaking to Alex Ardenti a couple weeks ago here on the show about Subs the movie, which is coming out this Mm -hmm. summer. And he said that he called you an OG. So when, when a guy like Alex, who is himself an OG, calls you an OG, like how does that make you feel? You know, it's funny. When I when I first got into the industry, I was the young kid, and I I was learning. I mean, I asked tons of questions, and I would go in places, and you know, I got this photographic eye, where you know I'm snapping pictures and learning how to do stuff. Now it's kind of fun being the old guy, um, because um, I don't know, experience things come back around. You know, things I I tried, you know, 25 years ago, nobody wanted. Now, all of a sudden, people are asking, and I'm like, well, geez, I I already know how to do that. I've done that. Mm -hmm. So it's all right. It's it's kind of fun. It's cool. When you look at everything that you've created in terms of, like, your your technology that you have, the two that stand out to me, which are are used widely, is the Carbolin, which I'm a huge fan of, and then Crealkaline, which which I think are probably two most popular. But you have Aminozorb. You have all these other uh, ingredients as well. Do you have a personal favorite that – with a story behind it and how you developed it that really makes it sort of fulfilling for you that it's actually out in the market? Yeah, I mean, Krauchelin is the one that still overwhelms me. Um, I was the one, contrary to what anybody claims and fames, I can tell you the whole story. I brought creatine monohydrate to the market. Very everybody cool. claims that now because nobody remembers uh, how it all came about. Um, but Bill Phillips mm-hmm. um, got to working with a brand called Calform. And I'm going to tell you a little story leading into that. Um, This Calform called me and said, hey, we saw this study on creatine. Do you think you can make this? And we were just starting to get into the industry uh, known for some innovation. Um, And I went and found a USA guy that was making about 25 kilos every six months. I contracted him and we started making creatine monohydrate under Calform. Um, It was exclusively marketed through the old muscle media which was kind of the underground Bill Phillips magazine. And it took off. It was $99 a bottle, send a money order in, wait six to eight weeks (laughs) for delivery. And uh, then we started the whole loading thing because, hey, then they'll use a bottle in 10 days and then they got to use two bottles. 
Um, so I was involved with creatine. I really liked it. And I went through the whole evolution of, you know, adding the sugars, uh, the fruit juices. And um, one afternoon I was a little bored in the lab and I thought, you know, we're spending all this time talking about how pure our creatine is. And I was actually synthesizing it then in Billings. We built a whole um, plant and uh, was the only domestic place. The other one ended up getting out of the creatine business. Um, and then the German creatine came in, Creapure. So there was them and us. China wasn't involved yet. Um, so I started to test all these creatines by activating them. So I'm making, you know, creatine HP and effervescence. And I'm finding that the creatine is, is not there. I'm starting to see creatinine. What the heck's going on? Well, make a long story short, I was the one that figured out that, you know, creatine um, converted. Everybody knew it wasn't stable, but I figured out the whole conversion time, how long it took. And I thought, man, if I could actually stabilize this, maybe I'll, I'll get a patent or something. I didn't know anything right. about it. Um, so it took, it took a long time. It took me about a year and a half. And I figured out why it was converting. And then I came up with a way to stop the conversion. And then I came up with a, a way to make crealcalin. So crealcalin was really my first baby. Um, when I introduced it, people told me I was crazy. Don't do this. It's a fad. Right. Don't rock the boat. Uh, but I stood, uh, I stood tough. I, I uh, you know, people who had been working on trying to stabilize creatine for years, and I'm talking about some of the, the brightest people in the world, like Dr. Harris out of the UK. They all gave me a hard time until they actually read my research, mm -hmm. and every one of them came back behind the door and apologized. <laughs> They'll never do it in public, but they all did. And uh, one gentleman, when I first introduced Crealcalin at uh, the Anaheim Expo, uh, actually it was Dr. Harris, I don't care, he knows. Um, he came up and chewed me out. You can't do this, it's fake. And then when the show ca uh, closed, he came back and he said, I gotta shake your hand. He goes, I've been working on this for 25 years. You did it, man. Congratulations, never heard from him again. But Crealcalin really, because it was really the first thing that, that put me on the map. And it always, it has a special place. Um, in my uh, in my whole repertoire, in my heart, you know, because it yeah. is a great product. I remember taking creatine in high school. I was 16, and my students next to me would look at me like I was taking steroids because they didn't understand it at yeah. that point. And I got a bad perception, but that's also, and, and I think this is factual data, probably the most well-studied sports nutrition supplement ingredient ever done, right? I mean, creatine monohydrate. Yeah, absolutely. So yep. now we have, there's creatine monohydrate, there's creatine HCL, there's different versions of creatines. I mean, is there... Is there a preference? Obviously, your own, right? Like the stabilized version is going to be preference. But I mean, when a consumer looks like, do I want a, a monohydrate? Do I want a hydrochloride? How do they make that decision on their standpoint? So if they do some education, you know, Crealcon is the number one selling creatine right now in the USA and Canada. And I think it has now almost taken over in Europe. So, I mean, there's a reason why. Mm -hmm. But I think a consumer has to look and go, all of the research is done on creatine monohydrate. Right. So that's the only form that actually can be absorbed into the body. Problem, it has a flaw. It's not stable. As soon as it hits water, stomach, it instantaneously starts to convert to creatinine. And that's the bile waste. That's what caused all the side effects when we first started taking creatine, the water retention, the bloating, the headaches, the dizziness, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, did it work? Yeah, because we still were getting in creatine, but we had all these other issues. So... Crealcalin did nothing more than just fix that problem. It's still creatine monohydrate, but it's stable. When you get into like HCLs and stuff, you're now taking creatine monohydrate and you're trying to make it more water soluble. Well, who cares? Creatine monohydrate is already water soluble at the amounts we take. Mm -hmm. 
But what happens is you are binding it to a salt. So now you only end up with 20 or 30% creatine and the rest some acid. So you're really getting cheated. I mean, you're paying a premium price, but you're only getting a third of the amount of creatine. Why is it then too on HCL when I, you look at dosages, their dosages are always like one to two grams versus, or even maybe three grams versus the five grams of monohydrate that we've become accustomed to hearing. If it's less creatine in HCL and they're also suggesting less of a dose, right. why, why would that be? Uh, they copied everything I did. Sure. You know, you got to remember creatine monohydrate was five to 10 grams forever. Mm -hmm. And people would take 20 during loading phases. Right. I came out and said, look, 1.5 grams. And that was based off of my research. Mm -hmm. I saw that three and a half hours, your body can take in an external about a gram and a half. Well, when HCL came out, oh, 1.5 grams of ours. I mean, it was the exact same thing that I had said. They were, they were basically saying all the same stuff. The problem is they had no research, no substantiation for that. The patent that is currently on HCL is nothing more than going into solution much better. Sure. You can't theorize that because it mixes better that it's going to be absorbed. There's no factual fact. Right. And HCL, your body can't use it. Does it work? Yeah, you still get creatine. I mean, just like if you were to take uh, 100 milligrams of creatine, you would still get some benefit. Sure. Um, but that's the reason why you know they have done some lower dosages because – Crealcline is very cost-effective. It's more cost-effective than creatine because you use less. Right. So in order for them to compete on a marketplace, they had to recommend a lower dose. But if you try to find creatine HCL right now, it's really dwindling away. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's there aren't a lot of brands using it. Um, the patent holders. Built on it. <laughs> there was, a, there was uh, you know, and they're they're gone. You know, yeah. they sold because uh, they were in the toilet. It wasn't they sold because they were at the top of their game. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that was concrete. Um, yes. they had a great marketing and, you know, nice power lifter behind it. And, mm -hmm. you know, he spoke highly of it. And, and again, people got results, but when you look at the Crealcline user, I mean, we're talking, you know, 15 years of loyal people from kids hearing from their parents. And that's, what's so cool with me is mm -hmm. a, is a young guy like yourself or, or a, a kid will say, Oh yeah, I remember this when I was, you know, nine years old, my dad used it. Right. And, to me, it was just like it was yesterday, but you know, it's been out there for a long time, and it has proven itself. I mean, yeah. it's still, it's still rocks. Cool. And I didn't yeah. know it was the number one selling creatine, so that's really awesome. Um, a new—I wouldn't say it's a trend because I've only seen a, a couple, a handful of companies doing it. But I'll use Ghost for an instance. They're they're yeah. kind of an up-and-coming sort of hip lifestyle brand. They have a product called Ghost Size. They actually have on their label, and I don't know if you've seen this, but they 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 list the amount of creatine in grams, and then they list the amount that of creatine yielded. Per serving, right. kind of similar to what, what companies do with protein powders. What's your take on that? Because I've never seen that before, and I thought it was very unique the first time I saw it. Well, I haven't seen it, but I mean, uh, that doesn't make much sense. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, if you're putting a gram of, depending on the source now, now right. if they're not using creatine monohydrate, then, you know, creatine monohydrate does contain some water. So if you want to say elemental creatine, you know, it's about 65% elemental creatine. Sure. Yeah. And I'll read but, the label. I'll read the label real quick for you. Yeah. It's interesting because you know this. So they has two different forms of creatine, creatine hydrochloride. It says 3.21 grams delivering 2.5 grams of creatine. And it has creatine monohydrate at 2.84 grams delivering 2.5 grams of creatine. So for a total of five grams in total. Yeah, that's not correct because, uh, you know, if you want elemental creatine, HCL is only about 30 or 40 percent, depending on what part of China it comes from. Sure. So 
that's misleading. Uh, I don't know why or how they would put something like that because it doesn't make any sense. Sure, yeah. That was the first time I saw it. I was like, okay, I've seen it with protein powders, which I think is unique and, and cool, but I never Well, and, and, pro and protein is a different right. thing. You know, protein, you have, you know, 70% protein. The rest is lactose carbs mm -hmm. where a chemical is supposed to be pure. I mean, it's, sure. it is what it is. Creatine monohydrate is 99.9% .9 pure creatine monohydrate, yeah. you know. Let's, if it let's, yields anything less, then something suspicious is going on. I'll have to check out with these guys over at Ghost and figure out where, yeah. where this comes. Because it's interesting to me because I've never seen it until this actual product. Um, let's talk about Carbolin. It's actually one of my favorite carb sources <laughs> uh, on, the, on the planet. Uh, some other big ones, Vitargo. People ask me all the time, right. like, Vitargo or Carbolin? Well, Carbolin is going to be a lot more cost effective, and it's going to pretty much give you the same yeah. exact thing, if not better. But now you've made Carbolin into, like, this bigger line. Like, you have Carbolin Energy. Etc. It has gone. I mean, it has really gone crazy. You know, um, it's it's getting into the uh, professional leagues. The colleges are now um, adapting it. Again, you know, most of the stuff uh, I developed out of selfishness. You know, sure. um, being an aging athlete. You know, I'm still love training, and Carbolin was one of those things where I was just looking for a way to to turbocharge my workouts to. Uh, have a little up on some of the younger guys I was training with, sure. <laughs> you know, because we never really had anything to take pre-workout that would actually fuel the glycogen stores without eating a banana or honey or something. It was all short-lived. Right. So again, Carbolin is really interesting. Um, and there really isn't anything else like it. You know, it's research proven. I've got published research on it. We're doing uh, studies with uh, diabetes people. We're finding it's actually normalizing their sugar. So how does that happen? How do you take a, a carbohydrate and then you lower somebody's sugar level, mm -hmm. you know, and it, you know, it tastes good. So it does taste great. A, yeah. And, and it really, uh, you know, there is a, a huge cult following happening at the last couple of years uh, with Carbolin and we have broken out, you know, we came out this year with some RTDs. We're kind of testing yeah. that. We, uh, we added a little caffeine to one of the RTDs, uh, the same as we've done to a powder. Um, but for the most part, you know, as pure carbolin, we have the hydrate, which is what the uh, the teams use mm -hmm. um, because it has the electrolytes in it. So, you know, as a sideline drink, um, they kind of like those electrolytes. But it's a neat product, man, and it does work. It's one of those things where you want to charge your muscles. You want energy. Fuel it naturally. I mean, right. you know. I personally like to use it with a GDA pre-workout so that way uh -huh. it'll, it'll get you the, the pump. A lot of people, when yep. they – take a pump product and then they complain that they didn't get a pump. It's because they're probably, car you know, they, they're carb depleted because they work out first yep. thing in the morning. So I'll toss a GDA. I'll take 15, 20 yep. grams of that. And it, it works wonderful. I don't drink it during. Cause I get a lot of people too. It's like Ryan amino acids or carbs during. And my response is like, why not both? I mean, you can definitely yeah. do both. Um, yeah. Speaking of amino acids, great topic because this <laughs> has been, we've had people on this show before debating EAAs versus BCAs. And, oh, yeah. uh, obviously, I'll, I'll name the company because we've talked about them. Real Twin Labs came out with a product and pretty much saying that BCAs don't serve a purpose in this world. You actually right. have one of each. You have a BCA product. You have an EAA product. So from the doctor's perspective, when is each one to be used? Which one's better if either? You got to you got to take a step back, you know, from from a supplement marking standpoint, you got to remember everybody is always looking for the next greatest thing. Right. So when you come out with EAAs, you know, and you say it's better than BCAAs, then you're replacing. But if you're an athlete and you want to take a step back and look at how the body works, mm -hmm. you know, this is why we have both on the EFX line is both of them are are important. Mm -hmm. Now, BCAAs are non-essential, are essential because our body doesn't produce them. Mm -hmm. They are part of the essential amino acids, which are the EAAs. But what people fail to realize when you train, 
those are the three amino acids that you expend. I just say you burn them up. Yep. It's the leucine, isoleucine, and valine. So the quicker you can replenish those three amino acids, the faster you're going to recuperate and uh, grow. When you add other things to those BCAAs, you mess up the whole absorption. They're going to sit in the stomach. They're going to degrade, and you don't actually get the benefits of a BCAA. So I always recommend BCAAs, usually pre you know, again, get them in your system um, sure. so that when you're done training, you have them. Mix them with your carbolin, mix them with your pre-workout, whatever you want to do, or take them by themselves. So a lot of people will drink them throughout the day. When you're dieting, crucial to have just BCAAs by themselves. Mm -hmm. Take them three, four times a day. Now, the essential amino acids, the EAAs, those serve a whole different purpose. Our body is producing the non-essential amino acids all the time. You have to have the non-essential and the amino, uh, the essential in order to make muscle. Mm -hmm. Protein is the building blocks of muscle. So by taking the EAAs, it's kind of like an insurance factor that if you aren't getting enough at the right ratio from your food, here come all the essential to mix mm -hmm. with the non-essential. So this is gonna help with recuperation, but it's gonna help with more muscle building where the BCAAs are literally recovery, which again, recovery equals growth. Mm -hmm. So you can see how people would would get them confused, but I like the EAAs post um, or later in the evening when you're, you know, before you go to bed, um, maybe first thing in the morning. So again, different times, yeah. but it depends on one's budget. Yeah. So I can't say one's better than the other, you know, because it really depends on your goals. Yeah, I agree 110. percent I always tell people, and my my recommendation has been, if you wake up first thing in the morning and you're fasted and you don't have a pool yep. of EAAs from food. EAAs are probably going to serve a better purpose. Absolutely. But if you've had a protein-rich meal prior to, to workout, BCAAs all day. production as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This is it. Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, leaving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulations, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. <laughs> Welcome to Sydney. Cheerful. 
Bondi Barber. Wagyu beef sausages. That guy's a legend. What's going on, guys? Day one at the Sydney Fitness Expo. They're very genuine brands. Is there about to be an actual workout on the channel? I just left God. You wrote a book that uh, you know is available on your on your website. It's called Weight Training Secrets, which is which is cool because uh, I know I, I have some friends who wrote books and it <laughs> takes a lot of time and commitment to do that. Um, did you learn anything about yourself while actually penning that book on paper? You know, I actually wrote. Um, I think there's nine books in the last uh, sixteen months, and the main reason for writing nine that sixteen is- months. I did. I, they're like 50-page books. Are you drinking? Uh, Are you drinking Jack Daniels? while you're, How do you, how do you uh, stay sane? <laughs> Taking carbolated Crayonclin, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just, uh, you know, it comes in my mind and you sure. sit down and write. But these are these are things, most of this, other than the research that you'll find in there, these are things that people ask me all the day, mm-hmm. all time. 10, 15, 20, 50 times a day, people will say, can you put together a training program? Can you put together a meal program? So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to write a book that contains all of the things I did. And that way I can just give them an ebook. If they want a hard copy, they can, you know, for $4.99, you can get these, these softback copies. Mm-hmm. But that's really why I put it together. Um, I have recovering from injuries. I have one on BCAAs. I have the truth about your testosterone, androplause. So all the things that people ask me about all the time, um, that was really the real reason. You know, did I learn? Absolutely. Whenever I research, whether it's a show or a book, I always learn something new. I mean, the thing about being a scientist is you should always be learning. Uh, somebody taught me a long time ago, when you get to the point where you think you know everything, it's mm. time to retire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I learned a lot. You know, I learned a lot about my body. I, I learned things that I forgot about, you know, just basic biology 101 stuff. So it was really cool. You obviously are a scientist. You love ingredients. You love creating new stuff. And in, in 2019, I feel like we're at sort of a high level of all these different ingredient and feature and like companies creating these new ingredients like featureceuticals, Nutrition 21, Compound Solutions, yep. always coming out with new stuff. How do you approach all the new ingredients that come? Do you mean do you go to Supply Side West and start looking at some of this stuff, or, or how do you educate yourself in the future and what you're doing on your side of things with all this com- competition and new companies popping up doing some cool stuff? You know, I'm I'm the type of person where when somebody comes up with something cool, I like to see what they did and go congratulate them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I found that, you know, when, when people get jealous or have issues with somebody figuring something out, you should be happy, man, because it's helping people. You know, the reason why we're in this industry is to help people live a healthier and a longer life. Right. And not one person is going to come up with everything. So I love going to those shows and seeing what people created because – a lot of times they give me an idea, and I'll be completely honest. I mean, Vitargo gave me the idea for Carbolin. Mm-hmm. When I saw what they did, I saw they did it all wrong. They 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 did research on a different product than they that they commercialized. It tastes terrible. So I, I'm seeing things, and not everything is is you know in my wheelhouse or you know gets me excited. But again, I learn. You know, I I, I learn from what they have and what they do. And then if it's something really good, I'll incorporate it into a product or offer it to our customers. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, to that point, if people think that you don't use other people, I mean, you have carnosine beta alanine in your pre-workout, right? Yeah, yeah. You you will do that. And speaking, I'm looking at your pre-workout label right now. And the one thing that's very apparent, it's fully transparent. There's there's no prop lens. Now, prop lens were huge, like through the 90s, (laughs) early 2000s. We're going away from that now. And I, I, you know, Kudos to yourself, guys like Mark Laser or Nutribio doing some things to sort of champion that model. 
but there's still that there's still that excuse. I call it excuse because I think it's a load of bullshit. But when people are like, we're hiding our formulas. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain to the listening audience why that's not an, an applicable like so defense to yeah, that statement? Absolutely. So so 30 years ago, maybe. And we didn't have prop bands back there. Maybe 30 years ago when the uh, scientific community was not that advanced, where in the nutraceutical we didn't have the tools of reverse engineering, so mm. to say. So Coca-Cola doesn't have a patent because they want to hide their formula. So that would be the reason for a prop bend. But today – a prop blend means you are fairy dusting a whole bunch of stuff in there to make your product look good. If not, why wouldn't you tell the consumer how much of what is in there? Sure. So today a prop blend is nothing more than a way of hiding that you're actually putting maybe one or two ingredients that are the cheapest and then you're putting a whole bunch of stuff um, that's not in there. Fairy dusting is like you get over the mixer and you just pixie right. dust it in. Um, but I, I think that, again, consumers need to know what they're taking because maybe – um, I don't like a lot of beta alanine and if it's in a prop blend and I go take it, I've done wasted my money. But mm -hmm. if I go, okay, I'm not going to take anything more than a gram. Oh, this has got two grams. Looks like a nice formula. I'll either take half the serving or I'll find something else. So I think a lot of companies, um, you know, who have come out with that, you know, again, that's what we should do. And I think consumers need to realize when you see a prop blend, not so. You right. can send me any unknown thing. Don't even tell me what's on the label, and I'll tell you exactly what's in it. Yeah, I have yeah. the equipment that I can analyze anything and give you every unknown. We are the ones that have found, you know, years ago the uh, the um, ephedra spiking. I found the amphetamines in Cray. I mean, you know, we find stuff all the time. Uh, but th that's you know kind of a hobby number right. one. But it's a guarantee. So no, anybody can you can you can reverse engineer anything. Right. The new the new fad I feel like is they'll fully disclose your clinical stuff, your citrullines, your beta alanines, right. even the caffeine. But then they will stim blend. Right. They'll use synephrine right. and hortanine and some things like that and put that in a blend. Um, some people are okay with it uh, because a stimulant is what you feel. But me, yeah. I feel like a stimulant is the one thing I'd want to know what the yes. amount is. So um, I mean, is this at some point you think that prop blends, even if it's a stim blend, are they going to continue forever or do you think they're going to have to die? You're still going to find it because again, you know, look at where most of the business is being done. Amazon, mm -hmm. Amazon has no rules. You know, it's yeah. a little different when a consumer comes in a store and they pick up a bottle. Well, you know, on Amazon, people are just buying for the cheapest thing now. And, and yeah. our consumer minds have switched. We have people that are intelligent that really want to do research on the formula. Then we have the other half that just want the cheapest product. So those prop blend people are catering to those. You know, people who are more educated typically don't buy a, a formula that has a prop blend. Um, but uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, if there's a stimulant, the FDA requires us to list how much caffeine because, again, you know, there is a safe amount. Mm -hmm. And if you're taking some drug, you can have some counter uh, reactions with something. Uh, so that's very dangerous to not list each amount of stimulant that you might have in there. You mentioned the FDA's regulation on caffeine, and I feel like caffeine has been something that we're kind of losing control of uh, as a society oh. in this country. Between the energy drink category, which is out of this world, pre-workouts containing 400-plus milligrams of caffeine, even one yep. that has 600 milligrams of caffeine, which I still can't believe it. How did we get to that point? We got to that point because we have pushed as an industry stimulants. Stimulants came in and consumers, you know, from energy drinks, monster drinks, uh, you know, it used to be the coffees. You know, we are we are frying our receptor sites. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you have to take more and more and more to get the same effect. Right. Where if you just went off it for 30 days, you'd be able to use a smaller amount. But, you know, people are drinking four or five energy drinks and they're drinking pre-workout. I mean, I, I was a caffeine junkie. I mean, I could drink a pre-workout and go train at seven o'clock at night and sleep like a baby. Sure. Yeah. But my receptors were so fried. Um you know, the Mayo Clinic says 750 milligrams total a day is really the max for safety. Mm -hmm. So, again, when you have people drinking, you know, three, four energy drinks and then doing a 600 pre, I mean, you're tearing up your kidneys, man, your liver. And these things are irreversible. You damage your kidneys, you can't fix them, man. So we're really flirting with danger here. I don't want them to ban it because, I, you know, I'm a fan of caffeine. But, at you know, that's what's going to happen is they're going to make it a drug and then we're no longer going to have caffeinated products. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm a huge fan of it as well when it's used correctly. I mean, it can yeah, definitely yeah. help couple with, you know, it works well with your nootropics, which are a big thing now in this industry. And it, it does a lot of good stuff. But I just read the other day, you know, somebody is attempting a, a lawsuit against Bang because I think she was drinking four or five of these things a day and then had issues breathing. Well, what do you expect? I mean, yeah. at one as consumers, right, we do everything we can. You do, I do through my platform, trying to educate consumers. But at the end of the day, does the fault lie on the companies? If, if say they're say their marketing is sound, they're not deceptive right. marketing, or does it rely or does it fall on the the consumer for not educating themselves? I think it's half. I mean, you know, um, if you have a bang, you know, that has three hundred fifty milligrams, and you're telling people this is a lifestyle and you should drink these five times a day, right? Then you're at fault. But yeah. if you're, you know, if you're just recommending one a day, then it's the consumer. But, you know, the mentality, and especially of Americans, if one is good, five is better. You know, <laughs> yeah. when, when you talk to people from other countries, you know, they follow the instructions. They don't use like we do here. So I think a lot of it comes on us. If this gal is going to sue Bang, you know what? That's her fault. You know, that's stupid. If you're going to drink five of them a day or, you know, pre-workout says take one serving and you're going to put, you know, 10 servings, you're going to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. I mean, why should it be, you know, my problem because you exceeded? Would it be a drug company's problem if they recommend one and then you took 10? Well, yeah, they would still blame the drug company. But I think, again, the consumer needs to be a little more smarter with what they're doing and realize that, you know, in moderation, these things are good. But we don't know when you take excess amounts of anything, mm -hmm. you're probably going to have some issues, whether it's creatine, protein. You know, what was the gal that died from drinking too much water in that contest? I mean, anything in excess right. is bad for you. Does it make you scratch your head or, or sometimes just wonder as a society what we're doing when somebody spends way more time researching a $1,200 cell phone purchase than they do <laughs> a, a, a pre-workout or an actual something they're going to ingest in their body? It, it, you know what? It never ceases to amaze me how, you know, people, um, they talk about wanting the best. And like you said, they will research clothing, you know, cell phones, um, sometimes even food, but supplements – They'll go buy a supplement off the dollar store shelf. There's a reason why the dollar store is selling it. Right. I mean, it's a waste of money, but how many people, um, you know, continue to buy new products? Mm -hmm. A lot of companies realize that they got a one-time buyer, so they're constantly looking for new uh, customers because their marketing outweighs the benefits of their product. Companies that you see products on the market for years tell you that people are using those products, but if they have to reformulate every year – it's because it doesn't work. Right. 
What's your thoughts on foreign countries banning certain ingredients like, say, agmatine over in the UK, I believe it is, and I think, like, right. saffron is banned in certain places. But here in America, it's, it's like – even you go to Canada, right? Like in Canada, you right. have to disclose so much more information than here <laughs> in the States. Um, we have the DSHEA Act, which was supposed to distinguish between right. drugs and dietary supplements, and you're, you're highly involved in, like, everything that goes on with this. Is the DSHEA Act enough for the industry right now in terms of self-regulation? No, you know, I mean, with the incorporation of the new guidelines back um, in 2007, you know, FDA beefed up, they were doing more inspections, and then budget cut. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, people are getting away. I mean, it's kind of twofold, you know, I mean, I think we have to monitor more in the USA and not allow companies to put drugs in their products like we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And if you do, it should be the same as cocaine or anything else. Take away their assets. And guess what? People are going to think twice about that. Right. Foreign countries, you know, that's just the way things are. I mean, you know, um, they have a reason why uh, certain levels of things. Canada, everything is a, is a drug now. You've got to get an MPN number just to ship into Canada. It has to be bilingual labels. Um, maybe they're taking a little more precaution, which I think is good. America, I think we've got to crack down on these adulterators, you know, uh, people spiking, people putting drugs in. You know, high tech. I mean, the names goes on. You've probably seen the USP mm -hmm. and then just the recent uh, bus with the Blackstone Labs and all those guys. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's right. giving the good guys a bad image. And it's one more reason why FDA wants to control and make all supplements a drug. Could you imagine having to getting a prescription right. to go buy some whey protein and now it's going to cost you four hundred and fifty dollars, you know, a serving? Yeah, it's, I mean, even even New York State wanted to put creatine behind the source, behind the shelves for a yeah. while or behind the counter. Um, obviously, you mentioned everything that's kind of going on within the industry in the last several weeks, months. Um, not necessarily a good light, right. but for everything, you know, these bad things can happen. Um, yeah. There's a lot of good too, which is what Alex Ardenti focuses on in Substance, yes. which is I think a good way to go at. And you know, people ask us like, why don't we necessarily cover all the negativities of the industry? Because we make a living in this space and we love this space. It's not yeah. all negative, right? Um, and there are these brands who are, are now worried about things. And I say, well, if you're a brand and you're worried, that means you're probably doing something wrong. So yep. if you operate and do things the right way, you shouldn't have anything to worry about, which is something that, that I feel like you do with EFX and even your All-American Pharmaceuticals. But in terms of that movie and in terms of it coming out this summer, which I'm excited about, like, yeah. how much fun did you have working with Alex on, oh, on talking man. with them and discovering some of the history that you probably didn't even know either? You know, it was funny because he uh, he approached me and he kind of asked me, you know, what I want to. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Heck yeah, man. You know, uh, I like talking anyhow, but it was a lot of fun. You know, um, Alex is, is such a cool cat and, you know, he's got a, a history. Uh, he's a little younger than me, um, but we had fun talking about things. And, you know, when you talk to somebody who's been around, you know, he didn't know a lot of this stuff that I had firsthand experience. Mm -hmm. I'll never talk about secondhand experience unless, you know, you ask me, did I hear something about something? So all my stuff is things I experience. But the movie is so cool because looking at all the different people and all of the, um, man, just this experience coming in. And like you said, I always say a couple bad apples don't spoil the whole bunch. Our industry does a lot of good. You know, we help a lot of people. We've healed a lot of people. We've helped a lot of athletes. And, you know, some of the negative stuff 
But when you look at the news, isn't that all they talk about anymore yeah. is negative? Nobody talks about the good stuff. So I really appreciate what Alex is doing and, and others like him who are going out and showing that, hey, this is great. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for sports and bodybuilding. And so would a lot of people. You, I mean, you know, th this is what we do, man. It, it's great. And we have to show people that, number one, we are regulated. We're the number two most regulated industry. Nuclear, dietary supplements, then pharmaceutical. So for people to say we're unregulated, how many drug recalls were there last year? Mm -hmm. Hundreds. How many supplement re recalls? Maybe one? Zero. Zero, you know, other than when somebody gets caught with a drug. So right. again, for the most part, companies are doing a really good job and, and they're trying, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what, when you think about Sups the movie and you think about the history in which Alex has to cover, he went way back, I think, to the 60s oh, maybe. Before oh, that. boy, yeah. Um, and is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to watching? And not just your cameo, obviously, <laughs> but um, you know, some of the history that he's going to speak about that maybe you've had firsthand experience in that you're excited for the world to see? I am. I mean, I, I like history when I think back of things that I got to experience. So speaking with Alex was an opportunity to take a step back into time. And from that, you know, I've had several conversations with, with other bodybuilders, Tom Platts, you know, people that were in that movie where we were, we started to reminisce about the good old days. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. I, I love stories and I love hearing people talk about, you know, those days because those really were the days, you know, um, back in the, the, the late sixties and then moving into the seventies and the eighties. I mean, to me, that was really the era of bodybuilding after that, it got out of control. Um, but when you look at the physiques and, you know, look at Frank Zane, I mean, people, you know, Jack Lane, the longevity. So I'm really excited about hearing their stories because although I know a lot of them, I'm sure that I'm going to hear some stories that I've never heard. And um, to me, that's just interesting. It, it just um, – I, I don't like history when it has to do with anything but sports. Yeah. So, so I'm looking forward to just hearing uh, people's story. It'll be cool. It'll be cool to see the docuseries that will that'll follow it too or that come after it. Right. different topics that he's going to do. Um, has there any – in your experience, has there been anything more ridiculous than nitrogen spiking? Oh, the drugs. Okay, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, the nitrogen, I mean, but you know, it's been going on. I mean, it still goes I can, on, right, today? It started, yeah, it started with, you know, just pure spiking with uh, sugar. Optum Nutrition, you know, big brand, great, owned by Glambia now. Yep. The way they got on the, the market was they were cutting their product and they undercut everybody. They got caught, got a $10 fine. Right. Dimatized, same thing. I mean, so it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, my dad taught me that, you know, if you're going to be successful, you need to be honest. Your word is your word. And the frustrating thing to me is all the consumers that are being deceived. So many bodybuilders, men, women, physique, bikini um, have said, man, I'm using protein on a diet and I'm getting fat. Well, it's because you're not buying what you're getting. So we're really hurting people. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, not everybody does it. It's only a few that are doing it. Mm -hmm. But with the outlets like you know walmart and the mass market which demand a low price you know dollars uh, outshines people's integrity these days right and in terms of that especially in the protein market i mean do you see wpc 34 being used often outside of weight gainers anymore i mean in your no it's really disappeared i mean um it was it was pretty prevalent uh, in weight gainers and things but um now it's even hard to find because most of it's going over to china 
for you know baby products and stuff um the wpc 80 and the 90 are by far the the biggest commodities do you know why on that note too because we're actually talking a little bit about approaching over that fi why more companies aren't putting on their label wpc 80 you know actually listing out the the quality of protein that they're sourcing whether it be from glambia because you can buy it from them or whoever um i mean it's starting to be a trend i see more and more companies right. doing it as consumers become more educated on it i mean is that going to become the norm I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you have to be careful because the FDA um, has very strict labeling guidelines. And when you start adding stuff, um, we find that it causes havoc with with our uh, our audits. You know, I don't think the consumer knows 80 percent. So to put that on the label, it's kind of deceiving because when you look at their serving size, divided by the protein and they go, well, wait a minute, that's only 60 percent. How can you have 80 percent protein? So really, it, when you say I have 80% protein or 90% protein, you're you're kind of deceiving because once you add the flavoring and stuff, the protein content comes down. But as long as they the label claim for the amount of protein, that's really what's what's crucial. So to me, I don't think that's a big deal, and I don't think people even understand uh, right. that whole math thing, you know. Yeah, the vast. I mean, we have a small, you know, there's a small community of people online, keyboard warriors that have the loudest voice that that are very right. big into obviously some of this stuff. But in the scheme of things, like the 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 supplement buyer today, they're not represented by these people speaking online. They are going to right. Costco. They are buying Cellucor yep. two for 30 bucks, um, yep. which makes it hard when you guys price out products. So when you – if we look at the EFX line and future innovation on that line, do you have some things kind of up in your, up in your noggin that you want to start coming out with under the EFX <laughs> line with some of the new ingredients that you've seen, some of the stuff that you're working on in the lab that might be kind of innovative, new to the world type of things? Yeah, so you know the newest um, last year, my my uh, patent on my Lysine Five, which is my fat antagonizer, mm -hmm. gonna literally revolutionize the whole weight loss industry, the way it works. So right now we're in the process that's being launched, and we're really discussing that. I have a patent on a uh, joint product that and it just didn't go in the sports industry. So uh, we just signed a group a deal with the Harrington Group, Kevin Harrington. Uh, from Shark Tank, and they're actually going to oh, market great. that now. So I've licensed them. So I think you're going to really see that one take off. Um, I'm still working on uh, this. Uh, these amino acids. My amino acids are all patented or, or patent pending. Um, but I think right now I'm I'm really concentrating on um, marketing, education. You know, my books, my classes. So this next period of time is really more educating people, um, helping them uh, be healthier. I think the older I get. The more I want to uh, save people uh, troubles and, uh, you know, going off the road and making mistakes. Uh, so that's my, my next season with, you know, with my institute and stuff. But I'm always working on a few more things. Very so cool. I got a couple of things I'm working on. What, so not to name any companies, but I have I've been discussing at length sometimes with people about these multi-level marketing companies that are out there <laughs> in terms of and again, I'm not going to name any brands so they don't get all. Yeah. Pissed, but in terms of that business model, so I have a, an MBA and I understand like to make money, you have to yeah. make things at a very low cost. Um, have you had a deal with not the companies, but like consumers that came to your brand from those types of companies explain to you their story? And then did you have to sort of educate them on? I did. I mean, and we do deal with, you know, they used to be called MLM. Now they call themselves direct uh, marketing yeah. DMs. Um, I, I don't want to say I don't like working with them. I like working with the good companies who don't want it for a dollar. Mm -hmm. I understand, you know, they have to have their hundred time market. Um, but yeah, we did have to, to educate them because, you know, they came thinking that 
you know, this is all you needed. And then they go, well, what is, what is carbon? I mean, boy, carbs are bad. Boy, uh, where? Read my book, Carbphobia, you know? So, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of education going on. Um, not, and I think the direct marketing companies, they don't really market so much about their product. They market um, more the results and look like this. They still are doing a lot of the before and afters, you know, um, and there's, but most of them are down, you know, there's right. a couple that are up, but the ones that are in the sports are down because they, they don't have anything innovative. They're trying to sell the same old, same old. And when Amazon came online, people can buy the same old, same old for half the price. Now, maybe it's not the same quality. Some direct companies are good quality mm -hmm. and some are rubbish. I mean, you know, some are garbage, you know? Yeah. No, but, honey. Hundred percent. Uh, last thing I want to ask you here is your relationship with bodybuilding.com. I actually just got back from Boise last week. Ah. First time out there. Actually, very, very much enjoyed it. I like uh, the direction that this company is trying to take as a brand in terms of sort of pull themselves up by the bootstraps because I think they fell behind the times a little bit. Right. You uh, EFX a huge brand on bodybuilding.com. You're still there. You still work with them closely. Um, how did that relationship start? And then uh, you know, like, how does that? <laughs> how, how has it gone for you? <laughs> so. Um... The original founder, uh, Ryan yep. uh, DeLuca, um, long before he was bodybuilding.com, he had his own little brand. He was out of uh, Minneapolis, and I made his whole product line for him. We had a good relationship. He moved to um, Idaho, and we still made. And then he started bodybuilding.com, and he kind of got out of the brand thing. So I always had a good relationship with them. Sure. And when the the business took off, obviously, you know, they uh, when my brand – really took off with Crealkland. Um, mm. You know, they brought it on there, did real well with them. So over the years, we've had a great relationship with them and we've tried to help them. Uh, we were just out there recently and we've come up with some good ideas where they can take advantage of our manufacturing, um, helping them have exclusive EFX SKUs. Mm -hmm. um, that's why we're helping our strategic partners. So right now we're seeing our, our bodybuilding.com uh, sales are up. Um, you know, they're liking our structure. We've figured out how to survive in all worlds. We can survive in the specialty world, in the mass and the online market and keep everybody happy. So that's really what I have been working on the last three years is sure. how, how to survive a brand. Um, cause you know, most brands are either good in mass or they're good in specialty or they're good online. Mm -hmm. So we, we've come up with ways of, of doing that. So yeah, I love those guys. They're a great company. They got a lot of work, you know, they, they, like most people, um, you know, we get to the point sometimes where we're a little too big for our britches mm -hmm. and we have the blinders on and all of a sudden we're sideswiped and that's really what happened to them. They spent so much time giving away so much free information that people were coming there looking and then go buying somewhere else. Yep. So they had to figure out how to recapitalize recap on when that buyer came, how to make things a little more affordable um, and not necessarily compete with Amazon. Uh, because you can't, but how to work alongside them and how to do what Walmart and some of the other places um, who are doing well have learned how to kind of find their niche. So they're now finding their niche, and I think you're going to see them make a comeback here. Yeah, I think you're right. I think for everybody who talks loud online and, and, and casts their demise, I think it's wrong. First off, there's a lot of people with jobs there that feed their families <laughs> with this, and there are a lot of good people. Yeah. And the thing is they don't have enough of these jobs filled. I think if people realize that on the outside that there's many of these yeah. opportunities with this company that they need to fill to help it grow would be big. For you, looking back in your 37-year career, I think you said, right? in this <laughs> Something in this, like that. Something I lost like that. track. Um, anything you would have changed? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, not really because all the mistakes that I made were really what helped me be successful. 
if I probably didn't make any mistakes, I might have got a big head and, and went in a whole different direction. So I don't know, man. I, I, I really look – I think I look back and I probably wouldn't have done anything different. I mean other than there was a few friends I hired, which I shouldn't have. Sure. So that was probably my only thing that if I could do all over again, I would not have hired these so-called friends because <laughs> they really weren't. Uh, one guy's got a felony, the other guy's in jail, you know, for trying to steal and stuff. But no, other than that, I, I think, you know, we become who we are from experience and mistakes uh, are what uh, keep you going. And if you're afraid of failing, you're never going to be a success, you know. Great advice. I mean, in an industry where brands can come and go pretty damn quickly because they are just irresponsible with spending, irresponsible with manufacturing, whether it might be EFX, you guys have stood the test of time. You've been here now. Uh, I believe since 2005 was when you launched the brand, right? The, the right, access, right. So it's 14, 15 years now. So yeah. that is very cool. I'm excited about the future for you guys. I'm excited about you evolving the Carbolin and evolving the Creoculin line. I think it's very cool. And uh, all, the, all these other ingredients that you have that people are going to start using, like Aminozorb, I've actually used a product with it in it before. So oh, it's, great. It's very cool technology. Um, once people start actually licensing that, I think we'll start seeing some really cool stuff out in market. But uh, Dr. Jeff, I appreciate you taking the time coming on the show and uh, supplying Absolutely. your wisdom because I think a lot of people that listen to the show, they're obviously not going to know what we talked about when it came to creatine until now. Right. So I think that's right. very interesting. Right. And um, just you bring a, a different perspective to the space that I think a lot of people need to be enlightened on. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. And for your listeners who would like to gather, uh, gain that information on a daily basis, follow me on social media, uh, Dr. Jeff Galini on Facebook. Instagram is the same, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm I'm old guy, so Facebook is more familiar with me. Sure, sure. Uh, and we'll take all pictures, that stuff for you. You know too. what I mean? Yeah. yeah so, absolutely. Uh, other than that, thanks, man. I really appreciate being on. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. And anytime you need to know something, if uh, if it's something in my wee house, I'll definitely share it with you. Perfect, brother. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that was Dr. Jeff. As you learned some knowledge from an OG within the world of sports nutrition. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Picked a few things up. Check out his line if you haven't. Check out Crealkalin. Check out Carbolin. Check out these new uh, products that they're coming out with. And uh, you know, if you're not following him on social media, he's very outspoken and talking about the industry and some of the things that the industry needs to do and, and, and some of the some of the things that have happened in the industry over the last several of years. So uh, next week we have Angie Marie on the show. Now she owns Ocon Fitness. It's O-K-O-N. Uh, it is a very popular fitness. She's a very outspoken lady. And I wanted to have Angie on because we, uh, we're very similar in the fact like we both came from absolutely fucking nothing. Like really not – I mean we, I had a good childhood like, I had a great, loving mother and stuff, but I didn't have, like, the best situation financially, and she can relate to that as well, but she is, uh, she does not hold back. She speaks her mind, and I want to have a powerful female on the podcast, someone that can really, that, that, that people can resonate with, and I think that she is. Everybody who I've talked to that has trained with her, that has been trained by her, absolutely loves her. Uh, she's very hands-on. She has a very awesome training regimen and package that she offers her clients. She does a bunch of... Um, training for competition she does a bunch of just average training and she does really good work and uh you guys will you guys will really enjoy angie she is a a, a beautiful gal so if you know you're, you're into that she is she's gorgeous um she's just very very uh, down to earth with me and uh it should be a really good episode really good podcast and i'm really excited to have her on and uh just talk about all the all the shit that she went through 
to get to where she is today. She's 30 years old, and she's very successful. She does this full-time, just like me, and uh, that's something that we can relate with and relate to. So Angie Marie will be on the podcast here next week. We appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have not listened to the podcast before, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, however you're listening to the podcast. Write us a review as well if you can. Helps out the algorithm to push us up in the rankings so more people can discover the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. Make sure you follow us on all our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. YouTube as well. That's a big spot for us. Fitnessinformant.com is the official website. We appreciate all the love the support that you all have been giving us since either day one or even if this is the first time ever tuning into the podcast. As always, we hope you were beat, you were informed by this podcast with Dr. J, and we want you to walk away, live fit, 